Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research Incorporated, a broker-dealer, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Cambridge and Clear Vista Financial are not affiliated. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Good morning, everyone. I uh, hope you're having a good start to your Saturday morning. I am Certified Kingdom Advisor Mark Trice, and I want to welcome you to the Spend Life Well Show, where we apply biblical wisdom to your financial life. I'm joined in the studio today by my co-host and fellow financial professional, Jesse Hamilton. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Spend Life Well Show. All right. So grab a cup of coffee. If you're driving, pull over. Uh, We don't want you to be thinking about your money while you're driving. Well, I guess you can. (laughs) I guess people can do that. Uh, But our verse for today is James 1.5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Jesse, what do we have in store for our listening audience today? We're going to talk about how can you find a trusted advisor. Uh, It's an important part of your financial journey is finding a professional that you can work with. You can also send us an email at radio at spendlifewell.com. We'll respond to you on the show if we can or within 24 hours. And we may even choose your question to be pulled out of our mailbag on an upcoming show. Yeah, that would be great. Um, You can also watch us live on Facebook. That's a great way to get connected. You can also visit our website at spendlifewell.com slash radio. And uh, that's another great way to find out what we're doing here, what's going on. And on our website, you can also find our previous broadcasts and you can sign up for one of our upcoming webinars. And in case you were wondering, those webinars are um, next week. We're going to have our monthly market update. You're not going to want to miss that one, especially with the tumultuous market that we're facing right now. We're going to talk about in, in pretty you know deep terms and, and deep dive into what's going on and how it affects you. So you're not going to want to miss that. And then uh, a very applicable webinar coming up on February 15th, the Financial Fitness Checkup. Yeah, we, we, we love doing that. We do that every year. And it's we go through a step-by-step process to help you walk through and kind of get a, a snapshot of your financial situation and help you set goals for 2022 of getting your house in order and, and also making the right financial decisions. You know, one of the things that we really enjoy about uh, doing the monthly webinar is we, uh, we allow our listeners to ask questions. And if you've got a particular stock or mutual fund or something that you're trying to track and you're curious about, we'll pull that up on the screen live in the webinar. We'll talk a little bit about it. And uh, we've got a lot of tools available to us to help you analyze that. We can do some of that on the radio show, but we can't show you graphs and things. So join us on that webinar. You can register by going to our website at spendlifewell.com forward slash radio. There's a big picture of Jesse on that page. And basically, there's a button there that says register for our, our monthly webinar. That's coming up next Saturday, which we do right after the show at 9.15 a.m. It's going to be an interesting one for sure. Jesse, you know, do we have a question from the mailbag this last week? Yeah, we do. I guess people are shy. They'd rather send an email to us than talk on the radio. Yeah, we do get a lot of emails and that's great. (laughs) We love those. But, you know, you can come and talk to us. We're not going to call you out and say, you know, uh, Bob Smith from (laughs) 123 Main Street (laughs) 
We're yeah. gonna, we're, we keep you confidential, but we'd all have a little conversation and chat with you. So give us a call, 452-1120. Jesse, what's that question for this week? Sure. Uh, so this comes from an individual named Mason. Uh-huh. He's from the Temple area. Yeah. Um, he said, and this is a great question. We get it all the time from our clients. Um, when is it a good idea to pay off debt with extra cash? I have about 10000 left on the loan for my truck, and I'm thinking about paying it off soon so I don't have to make any more payments. Okay, that's a good goal. Uh, I like that. Now, when we're thinking about paying off a debt, there's a couple of things we want to analyze. Jesse, right? You know, so that we, we mm-hmm. want to know how much is that debt costing us? You know, the Bible d- says, and, and in fact, our, our, a lot of our show next week is going to be talking about debt. Yeah. Um, the Bible talks to us about debt. It just says you want to be certain that you use debt prudently. Okay. There's scripture in Proverbs that basically says the borrower is the slave to the lender. And that's true that when we borrow for someone, we are have a subservient relation to them. We're obligated to pay back for which we've agreed to borrow and with interest, uh, we've agreed to do that. And if we don't fulfill that obligation, then that's that's not wrong. Now, there's no such things as debtor prisons anymore or anything like that, uh, but we do need to make sure that we're paying around the debts. And we love it when our clients are debt-free. It is liberating for them, and it gives them freedom to do things they wanted to do. It increases their cash flow, gives them margin in their financial life, and it enables them to uh, uh, do greater things for the kingdom, uh, when you have margin and cash flow in your life. So Mason, you know, your desire to pay off the truck and pay it off early is good. You have to ask yourself though, um, you know, where's that money coming from now, Mason, it sounds like he's taking it. He's got cash savings. Yeah. That's what it seems like. He didn't, he didn't tell us where it's held right now, but Let's just assume that he's he's sitting on some cash. Okay. All right. So assume he's got some cash. He wants to pay that down. We assume, Mason, that you've got a good emergency fund of three to six months of living expenses, right? And that's a that's a baseline. If you got those things and you want to pay off that that truck, uh, then by all means go ahead and do that. Now, there are some instances where that may not be the best thing. In fact, we we uh, have these things. Um, from time to time, you know, as, as folks get closer to retirement, you know, they've worked so hard, they saved up money in their 401k, and they may have some bills left over, like they may have a truck payment, a truck that they want to pay off, or maybe the house. And they ask us, can, should I withdraw from my retirement accounts to pay off my bills? Because I don't want any bills. It's amazing how many people, when they get to retirement, when they no longer have a paycheck, they suddenly don't want bills. And this a is lot of people gotta, think... Retirement means security, right? That's the easy right. portion. And, and folks, we see, unfortunately, a lot of folks nearing and entering retirement with a lot of debt. And sometimes we have to have conversations with them to say, no, you're, you, you're, you don't have enough cash flow. We can't generate enough cash flow from your investments in Social Security in order to pay these things off. So uh, one time we had a client come in, call in and, or come and visit with us and they wanted to do this. They had you know, thirty, forty thousand dollars in in credit card debt, and uh, maybe an auto. Uh, they had some left on their mortgage, mm-hmm. and they just wanted to pay all that stuff off. Well, the thing you have to remember is when you withdraw from a traditional four hundred one k, a traditional IRA, 
you've got to pay taxes on those withdrawals. And depending on your tax bracket, you may have to withhold 25, 30% for taxes to pay that off. That's so huge. it is big. And that wipes out a lot more of your savings than you think. So let's just say it was $30,000. And, and we, you're in a tax bracket that is closer to 30%. That's pretty high. But you know, a lot of our clients uh, are in that situation. And, and basically, you know, you need to withhold 30% for income tax. So in order to pay off that $30,000 note, you need to withdraw almost $43,000 wow. from the IRA. That's money that is not having the chance to compound and grow in your investment accounts. With the benefits of, of the tax situation in the IRA. Yeah, with with the continued tax deferral, um, and you know, in this case, you know, I don't know what your note is, uh, Mason, on your truck. Uh, and that's why if you got the cash, you got a good emergency fund. That's a goal of yours. Go, by me, by all means, go ahead. But if it's just, you know, your investment accounts, be very careful because mm-hmm. you know that can cause a bigger problem for you than you realize. And so it always takes more money when you're pulling out of retirement accounts to pay off a bill. Um, we can briefly make the comparison also between the potential that that cash could have invested versus sitting in a depreciating asset. Right. Because folks, we all know when you buy a vehicle, the second you drive through the gates of the parking lot of the dealership, uh, it's going to go down in value about about 30%. And vehicles uh, are, tend to be depreciating assets. Now your home is not necessarily the same way, but you have to evaluate and you need to talk to a trusted advisor. You need to evaluate whether or not it makes sense to pay that down. Some of us have awesome interest rates on our mortgages. You know, some mm-hmm. of um, some people under 3%. That's very cheap money. Thank you, Federal Reserve, who's causing problems now for us. <laughs> um, that's very cheap money. And you have to ask yourself, am, am, do I have the potential to earn more than that uh, in my investment accounts? And- yeah. How fast is that real estate itself appreciating? Uh, because I think a lot of times, folks, Jess, Jesse, folks don't realize that, yeah, I can pay off my house and, and be done with that. And that's great. And I, and, and I want people to be able to do that. But you can't go down to the to the 7-Eleven and cash it in, right? You can't, right. you know, it's hard to it's unlock really the liquid. money. Maybe sometime, Jesse, we'll have to talk about uh, reverse mortgages and, and the pitfalls with that sometime. But yeah. But folks, you know, let's get let's get back to our conversations, Jesse, about, you know, choosing that advisor. Yeah, I've it, got several great questions for you, Mark, that we can lead to discussion points. OK, go ahead. Um, the first question that everybody wants to know when they meet with a prospective advisor is um, how do you get paid? How does the advisor get paid? Yeah. And and I think we even go back a, a step further, though, is about at some point. You know, you're going to face the limits. Should you manage this money yourself? We we right. meet folks. Most people are hands off. They don't want to mess with that. Uh, you know, we're kind of biased towards suggesting that it, investors seek out help. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but yeah, that's a common question. You should be asking these questions of any potential advisor. Number one, Jesse, I know the pay is important, that but that shouldn't be the only decision that you use. Absolutely. Um, you know, you want to make sure um, that ideally that an advisor is paid by the client and only the client. Now, uh, 
we probably need to have a conversation about, you know, different types of ways that financial advisors get compensated. That can get complicated. <laughs> exactly. We prefer to be fee only. And, and that is, is that the client pays us and we provide a service. We have, you know, anybody that joins us, we go through a 45 point checklist for retirement readiness. And the majority of our clients tend to be preparing for retirement. And we take them through that. And there's a number of financial planning services that we offer and stuff. But you want to know where, what are the sources of that rev revenue? Mm -hmm. um, you want to know, is that advisor earning any money from anyone other than you, the investor? And you got to make sure that the answer is no. If you get a lot of, well, we get some over here and there, that's not a fee-only type firm. Uh, and Jesse, I think there's some good follow-up questions there about you know those as well. Right. Yeah. That can cause a lot of motivation from other places, but... Um, Good, good follow-up questions I have for you on that. Um, like maybe do you earn fees from referring clients or referring to other specialists? Because we work with a lot of other professionals, tax professionals, law professionals. Yeah, and that's, that's a great question because are, are they referring you because they're getting a kickback? And you need to ask people that. We have the potential. We could do that, but we've chosen in our practice not to do that because we want to make sure that we have a good relationship with those attorneys, insurance agents, things of that nature. We want to make sure that um, you are getting the best advisor for your situation. Mm -hmm. And so that means we don't get kickbacks and right. no other advisor should, but it happens all the time. And I think Jesse, this is a good time maybe to get into a little bit about, you know, what's, what are the different types of designations or really the, the status is someone a fiduciary or are they adhering to a suitability standard? Now, this is real important, folks. So if you're not listening, pay attention. There, there are basically two different standards of care when it comes to financial professors. Mm -hmm. One of them is being a fiduciary. A fiduciary standard requires that an advisor put a client's interest first. And that's very important. And you can find those rules that are, that are around the fiduciary there. You can find them at the Securities Exchange Commission. Uh, most registered investment advisors are fiduciaries. Uh, but the, the other standard is a suitability standard. That suitability standard does not require the advice that you're given by an advisor to be in your best interest. Now, you think, well, that's just crazy. Why, why would anybody want that? But that's the majority of the industry is only adheres to the suitability standard. Mm -hmm. They do not require that the advice that they give you to be in the client's best interest. The, the suitability standard only requires a broker to make recommendations that are, and I'm, for those of you watching on Facebook, I'm putting up air quotes here, suitable based on a client's personal situation. Right. So, uh, you know, I've got an example of suitability. Let's just, let's suppose you're buying a new car. All right, Jesse, you, okay. you, you haven't bought a new car in a while. No, uh, I let's, haven't. Let's pretend you're, you're a good guy. You're going to keep that truck until it falls into the ground. Yeah. Um, let's suppose you're going, you're going to your closest car dealer. We'll, we'll pick on the Ford dealership. This is nothing against <laughs> Ford at all. But, and you ask the, you, the, and the dealer asks you to describe what kind of car you need. You start listing features and stuff like that. And, and, and the one you described is really a Toyota Highlander, but That's, you can find yeah. some of what you mentioned in a Ford Explorer too. Under the suitability standard, 
the Ford dealer could say, a Ford Explorer sounds like a good fit. We have some of those right over here, right? And they never mentioned the fact that a Toyo Highlander more closely aligns with your needs. Yeah, a some dealer, people would go home in the Ford. Yep. Dealer sells you a car. They earn a commission. They have, they have recommended a car to you that is suitable for your needs, but it's not necessarily what's best for you. Now, apply that to the fiduciary standard, right? The fiduciary standard says you describe these things in, at the Ford dealership, and they say, you know, it sounds like you're describing a Toyota Highlander. We don't sell those. And in order to get the car that you best fit your needs, go down the street to Toyota and ask for a Highlander. Now, the dealer might mention, hey, I've got a Ford model that's similar, but mm -hmm. if they're putting their your, your best interest first, they're going to say that really sounds like uh, a, a Toyota Highlander, and they're down the street. Yeah, that's a but great analogy. Yeah, and, and it's the same thing happens in the financial world. Financial professionals working under the suitability standard can sell you certain investments or insurance products, and, comp and they get compensated over that, over mm -hmm. competing options that might be a better fit for you. Uh, so it's not uncommon. Uh, it's not uncommon for that to happen. The fiduciary has to do what's in your best interest. As a fiduciary, if someone comes into us, Jesse, and this happened during the one of the Gulf Wars, they come in and say, I want to buy the uh, Iraqi dinari because we're going to turn that country around and their economy is going to take off. Now, the rationale yeah. behind that's flawed. But, <laughs> but I can, as a fiduciary, say, that is not something that is in your best interest, given your financial situation, and I can refuse to sell that. And in a suitability standard, that financial professional can just simply say, okay, you understand there's a lot of risk. Oh, yeah, 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 but it's going to turn around. Okay, there you go. Here's your diet racket in ours. And that's not right. We think that you know people should be above board. And this is one of the reasons that we adhere to our biblical standards and why we're certified kingdom advisors here in our office. So, um, but anyway, that's the, that's the difference between that. And, and Jesse, I know you got some more there with that. Yeah, th there's just so much to this. And it just comes down to, are you happy with the service that you're getting from that financial advisor? It, it's definitely the number one priority is properly managing your wealth. But, the, you know, there's so much more to that relationship. Exactly. I mean, this is something you're entrusting someone to help you, and they need to be much more than managing your investments. And that's why when we work with folks, especially folks that are nearing retirement, it's an intensive process. There's a lot of stuff that you have to do. And I encourage you to join us uh, later next month, uh, in the middle of the month. You can find that on our, our website uh, at spendlifewell.com forward slash radio. Mm -hmm. Our um, upcoming events, we're going to be talking that, about that financial fitness checklist and things you need to be uh, talking about as you go along.